You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news... Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, uh, you want to talk about the Iron Bowl? Maybe later. Yeah, not right away. There's no rush. We have to ease into this. It's it's still going to be there. That's true. It's never really going away. So I thought we would continue a conversation that had started on Twitter uh, where I had asked, what is the restaurant uh, where you see the most people eating alone? It's like the most sad houses, the most sad people eating alone. Mm. And yeah. there were a lot of votes for several restaurants. Uh, but before I, before I disclose the top ones, what are your nominations for the places where you see the most sad people eating alone in restaurants? I, I mean, it, it would, can, can Arby's count? Arby's was one of the first ones mentioned. Okay. Because <laughs> Arby's has a lot of a lot of sad people who... I think are on their lunch break, but don't want anybody else to know that they're eating at Arby's. Is that, like, a, fun- is that a function of shame? Because nobody wants to admit that, that they love oversalted horse meat. So they're just going to, they're all like, everybody goes to Arby's alone. You know, I think what it is, is is a function of you, you're the brain and the body are confused because I think there's a notable subset of people that go to Arby's for lunch because they think that's the healthy choice. Yeah. Like they're not having a burger. They're not having KFC. They're having roast beef, and that's kind of healthy. Well, the thing about Arby's is it's always near a Burger King or a McDonald's or something like that, and that's where you're going to see the families, whereas right. the, the, the individuals are going to they're gonna turn up their noses and head to the place without the playground. Right. The dad who wa- just wants his kids to give him one last chance. I bet Arby's had a test pilot program, a pilot program, 
for playgrounds and a fatality resulted. Like that just seems to be something that would happen to Arby's, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, they had Arby's. a playground and then that kid died. Oh, should shouldn't have covered the sl- slide in Oju. Now, have, um, there's an Arby's around here that has a an actual tree growing inside of it. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait. Like, are, are you saying there's an Arby's biodome? Uh, yes. And, and why, it's, doesn't, it's, why doesn't why does Ryan live there? <laughs> it's near my alma mater. I believe it is like a self-sustaining Arby's. Like, um, you know, it produces its own oxygen. And all that. If if there's an if, there, if there's ever an, any sort of an epidemic, I'll probably head there and try to seal it down. Like, damn! First you get the Atlanta Braves. Now you got an Arby's Biodome. Cobb County is an amazing place, Jason. Actually, it, I, I prefer to call it the Arbology. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, you can call it that because it's science. Exactly. No, there's no oxygen in this restaurant, and yet everyone's living. It's a new gas based exclusively on beef. <laughs> now, uh, my recommendation is one that we were actually talking about before, um, which I did agree with, would be Panera Bread, because um, you're going to see solo people in there, just no person within three tables of another person, because everyone's kind of just there to work and eat, like, the $9 egg sandwich, and there's, a, you know, they're so sprawling and huge, and I don't even know how they stay in business, they take up so much space, but th- there's just two tables worth of buffer between any two people. No eye contact whatsoever. And the counters are like eight feet tall. You have to reach over them to get your food. It's it's amazing. It's a great experience. It's, it's a blogger's dream. I always think that, that Panera is pretty much where uh, your classy, still dedicated to life as we know it, hasn't totally given up on people cat person goes. That's where they go because the entire restaurant is so empty because it's designed so that at any point you feel like you're alone, even if there's somebody within inches of you. Yeah, just so many walls and partitions and um, all sorts of obstruction. It's kind of like an obstacle course, and you get to just, just carve out your own nook, and you could probably live there if you, if you really wanted to. It's like Legends of the Shut-In's Temple. <laughs> yes, with um, croissants. Okay. It's a, so it's a labyrinth of soup. <laughs> it's no let us surprise you. Yeah, that's that's a place so vile. I've never been in it because I'm not going to eat at any place called let us surprise you. Um, the, the the question that, that the answer I had for this, my initial thinking was, was Panera because it's designed to be alone. But I don't think that's the saddest or most apt answer. Neither did the people answering this question. We had a, a lot of suggestions for the following, which we can discuss. One, Waffle House. Incorrect. No, absolutely not. You're never alone at Waffle House. That was my, you know. Even if you want, even if you want to be, you're not. No matter how hard you try, (laughs) you will be ranted at by, you know, a a 25-year-old mother with gold teeth, with, you know, by by a band of 65-year-old men, by, you know, you, you are... You are never less alone than you are at Waffle House. Yeah, most people don't understand that the Waffle House, uh, you are really never alone. And, and as I have said, when you're drunk, you're really never alone. Because there might as well not be a partition between you, uh, the uh, the the uh, kitchen. It's all one big playground for you to just stumble over and make a fool of yourself. So 
you're not alone at the Waffle House. I would say that, you know, because it, it, and I will put it this way. You're part of the Waffle House family. It's also, it's Blast. the opposite. The, whereas Panera is trying to create that sense of isolation and you're in public, but you're not. Waffle House is very much like, <clears throat> let's everybody keep their hands where we can see them. <laughs> it's, it's very clearly the, whoever designed Waffle House is like, all right, this is a place where people with weapons and drugs are going to come. And we want to know that that's going to happen before it goes down so we can dive behind the counter. I know this. Um, have you ever heard any tales of a Waffle House employee beating some ass when they have to? It always involves flying across the restaurant, which you can do. In yeah. about two seconds. Yeah, it's sort of. A, it's. I mean, it's. They're. They're kind of designed for that. Yeah, like designed Simon, for like accessibility. Like not Simon only. Simon? Not only does the um, does the cook, who's also a waiter, who's also a janitor, who's also the manager, and so forth, um, have the access to dive over a counter to break up a scuffle or whatever. You can also reach back and grab yourself. You know, some more condiments if you need them. You're you're yeah. your own waiter. Or a ladle full of grease for that fight. You know, take out yeah. an assailant. I'm telling you, this place, Waffle House, the very design of the place has been honed by up to, like, 70 years of hard redneck lessons. You know what else Waffle House is like? It's like somebody wanted to build a restaurant but didn't have enough Legos to sort of finish it. <laughs> and I was just sort of like, ah, it's all there. Screw it. It's, it's got a cash register, a toilet, <laughs> yeah. and a yeah, place to burn stuff. Yeah, the bathroom is out in the open right next to the jukebox, but whatever. People will get around it. <laughs> Would anyone notice if that were the case? I don't think anyone would at a Waffle House, you know. They'd be sitting there with the Lego construction set going, man, I need a three-piece and a little rocket thruster piece to finish this. Ah, screw it. I didn't finish the roof. Oh, well. I'll be fine. <laughs> Just don't sit there. Um, so Waffle House, we've rejected Applebee's. I think this is an excellent suggestion because of something Jason told us in the pre-show. Well, uh, I... Just learn this. Yeah, let's, by the way, let's go ahead and just, discur- just, just disqualify this. Let's say this. Um, <laughs> we're just going to accept that it's a lonely place. Okay, just, just as a given, you're going to go ahead and give the kill shot. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I, I just learned just before we came on here that Applebee's is apparently replacing its waiters with tablets at tables, like like tablet computers. I don't know if they're doing this at every restaurant, but... We're talking about a place where you don't even talk to a cashier or, or, or anything. You just go in and push a button and eventually leave. Can I, can I say something before we get into how sad that is? Do you know how filthy those tablets are going to get after about a week of Jack Daniels sauce being slapped all over? <laughs> so much baconese. <laughs> just the other question, too, is this. How many times are you going to sit in a booth at Applebee's and there will be this sad, sawed-off, frayed piece of cable that once held the freshly stolen <laughs> tablet. No, they, they won't. Somebody's going to try to use a chicken nugget, as a, chicken nugget as a stylus on one. You don't know that a chick, by the way, don't correct yourself, you don't know that a chicken nugget isn't actually on the menu. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's one of their marquee items. Really tiny print down at the bottom of the menu. Nugget indicates something made of a meat which is neither horse, cow, sheep, goat, Chicken or octopus. What? Warning, may contain wood chips. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> contains wood chips. Those places like Applebee's, it, it seems like once a month it's like a, a contest to come up with the most convoluted food item. Like it's it's now at Applebee's, the you know random adjective, random adjective, random noun, chicken popper. 
It's Mad Libs yeah. food. Uh, yeah, well, the, it's this. The Bacon it's, Fruit Loops chicken popper. Well, the sneaky <laughs> trick to those, having uh, as a veteran of Bennigan's and the son of, <laughs> wow. and, and the son of somebody who once uh, ran O'Charlie's, I will tell you the secret of those. Wow. Okay? Yeah, O'Charlie's no, no. is pretty good. I'll, I'll, I'll ride for O'Charlie's. Yeah, O'Charlie's all is, those places, O'Charlie's, O'Charlie's is, not where, is decent. O'Charlie's is not where you, you go to be alone. It is where you go to pick up underage girls and buy them <laughs> drinks. Apparently, this was a serious problem at a lot of O'Charlie's. Huh. Um, but uh, good to know. The, the thing that they do with those is it's pretty much if you have seven appetizers, you go, hmm, permutation math. I can take those seven appetizers and how many different, you know, it's like a, it's like a very simple algebra two question where they're like, how many different variations of seven things can you have if you combine them with the same seven things? So if you have the cheese stick and the bacon topped, uh, tato skin, right? Well, staples. yeah, exactly. So what do you do? Oh, well, obviously I take that and I make the, the tato skin raft, Right. Which is just, or the Tato skin pontoon boat, right? They'd be like, they'd be like cheesy pontoon boats. What do you do? They just take toothpicks and ram them together so it looks like the Tato skin is the boat atop these two cheesy pontoons. Sponsored by Life of Pi. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which that's actually that's actually how they think, right? If they're like, can we just put dip on this thing and call it an item? Yes. No training necessary. That's how they do it. It's pretty much like BuzzFeed food. I didn't say I mean, that out loud. I'm excited for when they start making everything boneless, even things that didn't have bones in them originally. It's going to be like boneless mozzarella sticks. It's going to be like, oh, boneless now. Hmm, no, it's good. when they start putting bones in things. <laughs> okay. Yeah, extra bone mac and cheese. You're like, oh, what, what, like, like when we're just defying nature altogether, when we're like, what? yes, we put bones in a shark. Or they just is, give you like the chicken wing bone. What is a dry-aged apple fritter? Yeah. <laughs> do yeah. i want that i do want that um I, I would go ahead and also and do this we have a couple of other suggestions for the most desperate places to eat we have um somebody mentioned uh a bob evans now i i gotta i gotta be straight with you i'm not all that familiar with bob evans because i believe this is like an upper north yeah. slash um slash midwestern phenomenon am i correct Yes, it's it's uh, kind of Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan-ish. Um, no, we we, we very definitely have family prone. I, I've been to a few. They're very family heavy. So we, are, they very, are they very heavy? Person. Are they very heavy? Family heavy. <laughs> when I say heavy, I mean heavy. Okay. I I know, I know for a fact there's Bob Evans in Tampa. There's one by Gaither High School, or there used to be at least, well, where no case. nobody famous ever went. Oh wait, Jen Sturger went there. So. Okay, you see, though, that's, that's, that's a pretty impressive Tampa poll. Yeah. But uh, let me tell you, I'm about to blow this out of the water because uh, I know where a Bob Evans was in St. Petersburg, Florida. Ooh. Yeah, you're not ready for this. The cousin Tampa doesn't talk to anymore. <laughs> oh, no, no. And, and, and in that family, this is the black sheep of the family nobody talks to, okay? <laughs> and that would be Pinellas Park. Oh, oh. Pinellas mm. Park, Florida. Um, we did do a bit of research on this. Listed under uh, a notable residence of Pinellas Park on Wikipedia. Uh, Ryan, you, you found one. Yeah. Uh, there's no – well, I'm just going to come out and say it. Terry Schiavo. Uh, it does emphasize subject of the Terry Schiavo case in case you're thinking it's the other. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, listed as a notable resident of uh, 
Pinellas Park. My. She probably still is. Yeah, well, she's probably there. In, in, well, in spirit. In spirit. No, hang, no, hanging, out hanging, out. Bo- hanging out at the Bob Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Terry Shivo at Bob Evans. ordering some biscuits. Terry Shivo at Bob Evans. Evans is the plot of some like Christian remake of Weekend at Birdies. <laughs> and you know who'd fund that? The residents of Pinellas Park, Florida. And be all over that. So, Bob Evans, we, we've accepted that. Somebody said Hooters, and I'm going to tell you this. Hooters, you're not going to be alone technically because the staff is going to be there. And and the staff at Hooters are really well trained. They're probably not going to let you feel too lonely. Um, that place is depressing. <laughs> no, depressing in a different way, yes. Okay. But technically you won't be that alone. Somebody will talk to you okay, at one point. Okay, so in, in literal terms of like if um, you fall on the floor, there will be someone there to see you do it and maybe call an ambulance. Like I, in I want those you to terms. think about this. Now that we've put, um, now that we've put tablets in an Applebee's, how long could your dead corpse lay on the floor before anyone noticed? It's going to be a while. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a concern. Might now, put it, put in cameras. My, I like that. I do like that. Applebee's is like, hey, maybe you know, they put in a Roomba. Applebee's like Should Wally had a, a lot of good Roomba ideas. At Applebee's to go around and <laughs> make sure there are no bodies. Yeah. Now, now there, I think there's a few cheating answers. I think fast food's kind of a cheating answer because I, you, if you're on the road, you're going to eat alone at a, at a at a fast food restaurant. Now, I know we, we mentioned Arby's. Arby's to me is <laughs> Arby's to me is not fast food. It's 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 mid-tempo. It's adult contemporary food. John Cicada of food. The John yeah. Cicada of foods, right? Um, I think also it kind of – I apologize of, if John Cicada is listening. It is cheating. Je- Jeb Lund mentioned this answer. <laughs> he mentioned Luby's and or any kind of you know, pensioner's restaurant. I don't know. Piccadilly. That's, that's just using – like it, it, to me, it's cheating if you use death, right? Like that's the reason – death and mortality. That's the reason you go to Luby's. And I think that's cheating as well. I think you need some place whose despondency and aloneness is just strictly its own product. Yeah, that's fair. Luby's combines everything that's bad about a school cafeteria and everything that's bad about a restaurant and nothing that's good about either of them. It's just as expensive as a restaurant. And it's just as shitty as a school cafeteria. That sounds like a successful American company to me. <laughs> hey, they're still around. I think I don't know. Uh, do we have any closing any closing <laughs> recommendations? I will throw in a uh, I will throw in a cursory nomination. If we're discussing truly truly sad restaurants, I will throw one in for Shoney's. Oh yeah, I, I was just about to say that. I was going to say either Shoney's <laughs> or Denny's. Uh, okay, you can take Denny's. I'm going to tell you why for, for Shoney's because there is that breakfast bar, and if you've ever seen a person really go there and wreck the <laughs> breakfast bar alone. It is it is like the video for one of the Mopey or Radiohead songs. It's like the saddest thing you've ever seen. Yeah, and the definitive Shoney's meal to me is that just watery spaghetti. I'm just going to say we ate, we ate Shoney's a lot when I was a kid, but if a person was to go there in the year 2013, I just cannot imagine anyone going along with them. Yeah. Uh, it, Ryan, you have a, a final yeah, I'll throw one more in. I'll throw Steak and Shake in there because it's not exactly fast food. And there are only two types 
There are only two types of tables at Steak and Shake. There's group of high school slash early college friends that are there at 2 in the morning sharing cheese fries or something, having a good time. And then there's guy who's just in the Steak and Shake, maybe not even ordering anything. Yeah, and, and because usually Steak and Shakes are more than 500 feet from a school. Right. Now, I feel like Steak and Shake, at least here, that was sort of a, uh, a, a for the 17-year-olds, that was sort of a, a place to go and gather. Is that not the case in your parts of the world? No, no. I know I know what he's thinking of. Now, you see, what Ryan is thinking of is the one in Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. Which was, uh, the, the sat, honestly, like one of the saddest places ever. It was terrifying. It was, I went there once and there was a guy who said he was a dentist. Uh, who none <laughs> Who asked me, no lie, we were sitting there both eating at the bar because it was a sad and alone time in my life. Uh, We were both sitting there at the bar and he goes, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I'm a dental student. You want to come with me and let me look at your teeth? (laughs) Uh, And I said, no. And after that, there was about 15, 20 minutes of horrendous silence because you know who gets emotionally hurt when you turn them down? Serial killers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The rejection is palpable, and it makes everything awkward for everyone. Now, um, can I give one one final answer on my part? Sure. I'm going to go with a Pizza Hut in the year 2013. Ooh. Because as growing up, you know, we had they had the uh, the they had the salad bar, the pizza bar, the arcade, you know, the Pepsi in a big red cup, and all that stuff. I feel like we probably all spent lots of times in Pizza Huts as kids, but now. I cannot fathom why anyone would ever set foot inside of a Pizza Hut. Oh, it's turned. It really is. It's like, it's basically our generation's, you know, you can't go home again. Because you walk into a Pizza Hut and every happy six or seven year old memory has dissolved in this shabby, destroyed world that is the inside of a Pizza Hut in 2013. I forget where I heard this, but until just recently, Pizza Hut was the world's number one purchaser of kale. (laughs) Which they used as as garnish on the salad bar and didn't even decorate the salad bar. Good. Ain't nobody trying to eat that shit. I agree with that, by the way. Pizza Hut was using it correctly. Kale chips are delicious. Fuck you. They're not delicious. They're kale chips. Sponsored by Arby's. Zaps don't make no kale chips. Hey, you want to talk about the Iron Bowl? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Guess you're up to it. You know, get twenty minutes into the oh, old shutdown full cast here. Um, so I think we're out of hyperbole. I would like to get into the real truth about the game, i.e., why Nick Saban let that happen. Let it happen. He made it happen. He threw that game. You think so? Yeah. Does he's he's tired of these spoiled Alabama fans? He wants a little leverage so that he can he can get himself out of that situation if he wants to without anybody feeling like he abandoned the program. Now, and, you, oh, oh, sorry, go on, go on. You have more conspiracies. Go ahead. Yeah, he had heavy money on Auburn, winning outright, winning outright. I uh, I think this is a compelling theory because, first of all, Nick Saban's not going to let that happen. Second. I happen to think uh, he thought A.J. McCarron was a little big in his britches because we actually knew the name of Alabama's quarterback. I think maybe a week before he's like, he's going to get drafted? He's going to be drafted in like the second round? Oh, no, this is terrible. This is the worst. So this is un-American. Want to take him down a peg. I mean, somebody will still draft him in the second round because the NFL is stupid as hell, but 
Well, what about um, once Gus Malzahn leaves to take the Texas job? You think Nick Saban did this so he could take over at Auburn? <laughs> um, I'm liking this. And by the way, this whole plan has already come into power. If you want to know how Alabama's just set to destroy the rest of the SEC, first of all, making sure Will Muschamp got hired. A Saban hire at Florida to destroy Florida. Okay, you following me? <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so so he made he made that happen, right? Two, he's made USC made sure that they're going to go ahead and continue their kind of eh, eight and five ish mediocrity by installing Steve Sarkeesian there, thus eliminating the threat from the Northwest at the University of Washington, who will probably make a serious mistake and I don't know hire Dennis Francioni or something. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you just heard it, Washington fan, and probably had a stroke. Congratulations. Additionally, he's made sure that he's going to nullify that threat by, yes, getting Gus Malzahn hired at Texas after one hot year in Auburn. Because as Pete Tamble, no Nick Saban agent, said, who's ever ended well at Auburn? Just a place that turns coaches over at an outrageous rate, mind you, like only five in the last 20 years or whatever. But still, don't let facts get in the way of the conspiracy. Nick Saban never has. Look at how successful he is. That's not technically true. There were seven different Tommy Tubervilles. He's like a really weird Doctor Who. <laughs> he's, like, he's like that Bob Dylan movie where like eight people played him. Right? Yeah, no, Kate Blanchett was excellent as Tommy Tuberville. In she was really good in 2008. I want you to name the different Tommy Tubervilles here, by the way. Leather Jacket Tuberville. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's Spiky Hair Tuberville. There's Undertaker Tommy Tuberville. That's right. Already in a pine box. Mm-hmm. There's there's Die Job Tommy Tuberville, sort of the fresh. Reddish blonde die job he got. There's golf in Tommy Tuberville. Totally different. Never coached a single game. Only plays golf. And uh, I think additionally there's uh, the croomed Tommy Tuberville. You can recognize him because his pleated khakis about three inches higher than the normal Tubervilles. And he has no eyes. Yeah. There, well, that's that, also, also that. He has them in his palms. <laughs> <Look> closely. <laughs> he has them in his palms. <laughs> but, but, oh, first, but first, check the khakis. Yeah, but first check the khakis, and then if your soul can take it, look him directly in the eyes. Um, I think, and now, who's the only other serious threats in the SEC? Georgia, well, Mark Rick, he's a good man. You can keep him around as long as you get those injuries going, because Todd Grantham, just a natural malefactor, just straining ACLs with his intensity. Uh, and then Les Miles, you really don't have to do anything with Les Miles. You can just keep him there. That's the thing. Sometimes the smartest tactician, I'm pretty sure Sun Tzu says this, uh, it does nothing. And with LSU, you just sit back, wait, let Les Miles do whatever he's going to do to himself. Give him a game yeah. every now and then just so it doesn't look like the fix is in. Yeah. Les Miles is the kind of guy who's like, I'm going to build a brick oven in my backyard and then burns the whole property down. Don't have to do a thing. You wanted that lot next door? Got a house on it? Not for long. <laughs> Les Miles, Les Miles, hey, you going to roof that yourself, Les? Yeah, sure. What could go wrong with hot tar and smoking on a sunny, on a sunny day? That's Les Miles. And if he does burn your house down, we'll burn his house down too. So everything works out fine. Yeah. yeah. And uh, by the way, all going to work out because guess who's getting back in that championship game? Oh, it's Alabama. <sighs> It's it's going to happen. God damn it. One way or another, it's going to happen. Just get ready. I apologize for um, my Spartans <clears throat> opening the door for Alabama. It's going to happen. I'm ex- I am excited about Florida State fans to pretend like they're okay with that. 
because they were a little too happy that Alabama, given that they didn't need Alabama to lose to get into the national championship, there was a lot of joy that they weren't going to play that Alabama team. Notice, and, by the way, notice, by the way, the confused, subdued, and irrationally, uh, irrationally happy pattern of reactions from Florida State fans on Saturday night. It was hilarious. They didn't quite know what to do. They're like, wait, 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 wait. Does that mean we, okay, do we face them? Okay, is that good? Are we no. out? Are we out? Are we in? Oh, wait. Is that, are we, do, does, do we look like cowards if we say we're happy not to face them? <laughs> like, like, you know, it, it's been a while since Florida State's been good at things. So they're really sort of relearning all of this, right? And sort of adapting like 1994, 92, 98 um, ways of thinking to like, you know, the modern Twitter age where every thought is just immediately broadcast to the universe. You know, yeah. so all that stuff's happening in real time. I mean, it's difficult for them, but I commend them. The learning curve for them is always steep. Uh, you know, the, the admission standards to being an FSU fan, since you are all people who failed the Alabama fan test and were rejected for application. And, oh, what a low bar that is. Will you, Listen, kill, will you kill for a football game? Well, not quite. <laughs> not quite. I, I mean, I'll wound. But I'll I kidnap. Kill. Yeah. Will, will, will you kidnap? Will you will you literally will you maim a tree and poison groundwater? I will tax evade. I like sideswipe a cop. Why why are you gonna why are you gonna type why are you gonna typecast Alabama fans? Listen, they're not the ones with the machetes, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, let's be let's be fair. There are Seminole fans looking to chop buildings. That's true. Chop buildings and challenge entire. By the way, wasn't that in the wasn't that in the parking lot of I believe a TGI Fridays? Uh, no. It was it was like a Wingstop or something? Uh, yeah. We need we need to verify this quickly. Uh, research. We need to go ahead and get on this because uh, because we need to know because if it was in one of the restaurants that we have discussed as being, uh, it, I've got it. It was the End Zone Bar and Grill, which is. <laughs> Which is essentially a John Boy's restaurant. So that's definitely not a place to eat alone, because if you do, you will be assaulted by a Florida State fan. Can I mention this, by the way? This was in Gainesville. This wasn't even in Tallahassee. Yeah. This was in some horrendous, by the way, the End Zone Bar and Grill. Oh, man. that That's a terrible establishment. This, I'm just looking at it. This is this is an establishment that I bet you has never passed a health code uh, or health inspection without serious cajoling from the pocketbook. This is not, and I I, I don't think I've ever eaten here, um, but I think I ate at its predecessor, and it was uh, they're pretty much the same thing. It's bad. Um, so now that this has happened, by the way, which I, I will also state uh, totally unequivocally. Pretty much the best game I've ever seen. Yeah, it's um, it, it it's hard to hard to overstate and not sound like we're just saying things to say things. But that was the most amazing sports thing I've ever seen. Might be the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And we have kids. Yeah, I I, I don't have kids. No. So you can so, you can say that without any shame so at all. Yeah. So this is this is the peak. Great. Yeah. I, I I might say that it was <laughs> it was in my top. How's this? I'll, uh, this is this is why I'm still married. It was in my top five events. <laughs> yeah, I like I like that you went five just because you're not sure how many kids you have. Yeah, well, you definitely have multiple, so I can say top uh, two. Well, you gotta leave you gotta leave one in there for some event with your wife. Right. Yeah. Okay. Three. That's it. Top oh, three. when I met you, 
There we go. I mean amazing not in terms of greatness, just amazing in terms of... Staggering. Amazement. Uh, yeah, and, and... Literally amazing. And the other thing about the game that was, uh, that was absolutely uh, just stunning to me was how boss Alabama got. Like, how beaten they were at the point of attack. I haven't... Because if you remember A&M, A&M just caught breaks when they beat them in 2012. They really did. I mean, Johnny Mansell did a great job. Uh, that offense was vicious. They counterpunched great. But they, they got a turnover at, like, you know, they got an end zone turnover out of Alabama. They had, uh, you know, a slightly better offensive line at the time that's, you know, just got enough blocks. This was just Auburn's front four whipping Alabama's offensive line's ass. Which when was when was the last time you remember that happening, and the coach was not Shula or it wasn't like Saban year one? Yeah, I think I think at times that was happening. I mean, Bama finished with about a hundred more total yards on the game. Yeah, you know, so it, it it wasn't like it was. But in short, I think, they, I think they, Auburn they, Auburn dominated when it needed to. They miss all of those field goals come all of those field goals come from botched short yardage. True. True. Third and two, third and one, fourth and one. They miss all of those and have to settle for Cade Foster, who has maybe the worst night a kicker's had since what Colt David since since uh, I believe I believe that was LSU was it Colt David LSU's kicker who missed like five field goals against Oregon State. There yeah. was uh, last year the, the the Penn State fella missed about thirty it seemed like, but yeah, this is uh, about as bad I, as it gets. I throw Kyle Bratzman in that as well. No, oh, poor, poor Kyle Brotsman. Yeah, sorry, buddy. <laughs> that and uh, well, yeah, well, you know, and like Kyle Brotsman, instant death threats. <laughs> instant. Ooh, That's boy. my favorite. Is that you know, death threats for a quarterback really aren't common. Kickers, man, people must be just living to murder kickers. Like, just that must be deep in the dark heart of humanity. People really just want to murder someone who kicks a ball. It's it's because the kicker is the one person that the fan recognizes it's most like them. Like, doesn't really play most of the game, can't necessarily do most of the things the rest of the football players do, and so it's really just all self-loathing, bubbling well, up in the form of a death threat. The thing we really need to realize is that on three of those four missed field goals, I believe the holder was A.J. McCarron. On the last one, it was the punter, but I believe on the first three... It was A.J. McCarron. Why is A.J. McCarron scared to be out there for the last one? And, you know, maybe he could have made that tackle. He could, Not, he would he would have obliterated Chris Davis with his that, strength. That could have been a Heisman moment. Get out of here, A.J. He squats 600 pounds. He could have jumped like the Hulk. Yeah, and just stepped on him. That would have been weird. Yeah, that would have been weird. That's probably a flag. That's easy. <laughs> Jumping like the Hulk. Here to explain it is Jay Stritchers, a.k.a. Glasses Ref from the Pac-12. Stomping, <laughs> stomping on a person. 15 Marvel yards. Comics is a large corporation. I, I, think, I think we need to take requests for to how to explain things like Jay Stritchers, Strickers, just anything, right? Like photosynthesis. Beginning with the basic cell. <laughs> has no control over the sound of his... The mitochondrion is the power source of the cell. Mito, which is from the Greek. 
but of course, like pointing the wrong way. Like there's a diagram behind him. And he's, mic- pointing and at, his- he's pointing at you. And his microphone's not on. <laughs> I, I I enjoy how much people uh, dislike him because the minute he turns on a mic, I get so happy. Like he and Ron Terry. <laughs> Keep in mind, bad officiating just really confirms everything I believe about the world anyway. That the people who are reading the rule book are, you know, sort of brain damaged <laughs> and unable to really properly intimidate or properly interpret or figure out what's going on. Just, you know, amazement in all directions. It's it's everything I want to believe about the universe. Um, by, the way, it, by the way, this happened at the end of, like, probably the greatest sustained stretch of games I can remember on a single Saturday. You know, somebody mentioned, oh, October 15th. I think it was John Walters mentioned, oh, it was, you know, October 15th. Uh, 2005, which was the Bush push, which, please be honest, in retrospect, the Bush push is just not really that spectacular a play. It, it was uh, kind of a, a one one gentleman leaning on another. Yeah, yeah. which is you know, and it, and it happened in Indiana. It, it happened. Yeah, exactly. It was it was a college football story that happened in Indiana. So we're just gonna kind of rule it out from the start as being all that important. Also, like listed on there is the LSU Florida game. Like, oh, a dramatic win, and Florida had no chance. Like, that game was just an anaconda the whole time, if you remember it. Florida was struggling so badly. That was a game where Chris Leak was so bad it made Urban Meyer cry afterwards. So, uh, not really your best comparison for the for, for that kind of game. Also, somebody mentioned someday in 1924. Okay. That day kicked ass. Sure. Everything, everything was exciting. Twitter was going crazy. Die. Yeah. You people, there was a game where they threw like 15 passes. It was amazing. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And oh, oh, the African American players that day. Just yeah. so many, like four of Just, them. Just, we're completely not playing at all. We're completely not playing at all. That's and how. So, therefore, every everyone was slow. Yeah. It's my favorite college football historical. Like, oh, this 1950s. I'm like, yeah, that's sure. <laughs> let's, let's, sure, let's. Let's let's even think about that like it's the same sport when, like, you know, a third of the eligible people, you know, are, are, can't even play. It, it can't even – there are entire parts of the nation where they can't go. They went – our boys went to war. Everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. It was great. Notre Dame was really good. Fertility was on the rise. <laughs> um Except yeah, that, Notre that, Dame. that Saturday was really good. Yeah, that's I'm sure. I can't make any argument against you calling out a 1924 game. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you you know stuff. You know you you got you you got your you're the record store clerk of college football. You are quite the contrarian. <laughs> quite the contrarian picking that 1924 spot. I have no hesitation saying that. By the way, you're like the past sucks. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's why we don't live there anymore. Roll Tide. Left it behind. Just left it behind. The past. I'll tell you what, this, this damn last weekend of college football, horrible. Sucked. I'm glad we're over it. Yeah, geez, wasn't, any, wasn't entertaining at all. Who Looking wants, forward to the next week. We got a match championship. Exactly, man. Who wants to do? Who wants to live there when you've got bedlam coming up? Uh, anything else from the past weekend? Ohio State, Michigan was obviously fantastic. I'm not actually going to sort of retroactively critique Brady <laughs> Hoke for for going for the win. Because uh, I honestly don't know what goes on in that man's head, and I mean, and I mean, I don't mean that like, oh, hey, I don't know what he's thinking. No, even if I had a TV, I think you know that went straight into his brain, I would be mystified by the things happening inside. 
You mean they scored the touchdown, then he assembled the team, then he's just like, Sprinkles! And that's it. What Sprinkle. Do you, what do you guys want to do? <laughs> that is what happened, by the way. He po- he pulled the seniors, and they all wanted to go for it, so they did, which who's your favorite? Awesome. Who's your favorite X-Man? That's That to me, though, I mean, that is cool. I, I have no problem with that. If the seniors want to go for it, um, that's fine. Because then you can blame them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hey, they don't have too up. much of a pie out. So. <laughs> people, exactly. People have this, like, very sentimental, oh, man, that's, you know, that's great. You know, you let the seniors decide, you know. Um, yeah, guess who you can blame now? They, they're gone. Apparently they shouldn't. They shouldn't coach the team next year. You should probably let me do it. <laughs> I'm gonna make all the decisions now. I can't even. <laughs> the, the Brady Hoke voice is so hard to sustain. Brady Hoke's the decider. Because it creeps me out. Yeah, it only lasts for about half a sentence. You got to do short bursts. <laughs> Deep breath. High voice. I also uh, w- would like to mention this. Like, I got it was a day that was so filled that I got to the end and it was like, oh man, Wisconsin lost to Penn State. Yeah, that's weird. How the yeah, there's like there's like uh, uh, Georgia Tech's up by twenty on Georgia. You know, like I, I got Georgia Tech fans texting me like, oh, this is great. And then like by the end, it's like, how'd that turn out? <laughs> like, <laughs> y'all, y'all, oh, that's y'all, weird. Things y'all, reverted. Man, y'all haven't y'all haven't said anything in a while. <laughs> yeah, this- that was it, Hudson. Been quiet. Yeah. Well, hey, how'd Hudson Mason do? <laughs> Heard you had him on the ropes. <laughs> how'd that go, man? Um, <laughs> did, did he did he stay the tent roof assault or, or what? Yeah. How'd that? Yeah. How'd that go, man? So um, th- this is finished. Like we, we finished up rivalry week. We're now going to championship week. We are also, by the way, going through the coaching carousel. Not much of a carousel so far. More of a, it's really more of a portable rock wall available for children's events. It's like the swing ride, you know, the the big, it's it's, it's just a big spinning swing. And Ed Orgeron looked backwards, and now he's puking everywhere. Oh. <laughs> I'm not really, uh, I'm not happy about that. And I, and I don't know if USC fans are really, truly happy about that. I'm not happy about it because um, that was a fun ride, and I understand that nothing gold can stay, and that... Ed Orgeron was good because he was, you know, he was the new dad. Yeah, but but, but Ed Orgeron at Wake Forest. <laughs> do not like do not like that possibility. You know, I, I, I the struggle the struggle <laughs> will be real and spectacular if he goes to Wake Forest. Well, here's the thing: he'll go there and then he'll lose like nine games a year. He'll get fired. He'll go back to being a defensive line coach. He'll end up. You know the defensive line coach at uh, at at uh, Alabama, and then one day he'll be the interim head coach at Alabama. Get to start this all over again. When Nick Saban's fired for only winning eight games, <laughs> for for only winning eleven games. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we got we got standards here. That's why we're going to hire somebody who uh, coached with the Bear. Come on down, Mike Debose. All's forgiven. <laughs> they hire Mike Riley from Oregon State. He's the nicest guy. <laughs> That's what I can't wait for. I can't wait for them to hire Mike Riley and, you know, be like, man, how can we fire a man that good? Like, just like this? Wow. Wow. Put you on your ass. I think they fire him on the first day to send a message. <laughs> we, we're we not going to tolerate mediocrity. Uh-oh, it's not nice ball. It's football. I haven't even coached a game yet. I haven't even done that's pretty, anything. That, that sounds pretty mediocre, don't it? 
Um, it's it's February. I would also mention this, by the way, that uh, we're now looking at, a, at South Carolina being out, which is a real shame because they finished the season uh, as they usually do by beating Clemson and uh, by doing it in the fashion in which Steve Spurrier is accustomed to, i.e. the most painful possible way with Clemson turning the ball over on, I think, their last four possessions in a row. Also having a wide receiver throw the winning touchdown for um, no reason I'm aware of. <laughs> I, I like I like the South Carolina Clemson game because every year it feels like they show up and Davos when he's like, all right, this is the year we're going to. And then Spurrier's like, hey, your dick's out, and then punches him in the solar plexus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's, that's, that's actually a, a very good way to describe what happened because um, – it was painful. It looked like I normally take Gleads for your burning people down, and and I still did. But I admit that theoretically it would be painful if you had feelings in a soul to watch uh, what happened to poor Clemson. But hey, another uh, another Peach Bowl, another Chick Fil A Bowl, or some such. Yeah, my favorite thing about that game is um, uh, Bill Conley wrote about how Taj Boyd takes way too many sacks against South Carolina for whatever reason. And uh, while we were looking th- looking through for a photo. For that story, um, every photo was of Todd Boyd being sacked. So uh, there you go. That's that's in the haze after the Iron Bowl. I, I didn't really remember much of what happened in Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina. So it was nice to get that reminder that apparently all that happened was Todd Boyd just got beaten up the whole game. Hey, if you don't if you don't want to get sacked, don't be so fluffy and delicious, Todd Boyd. <laughs> it's more it's more he's huggable than sackable. Yeah, I want to cuddle. <laughs> And men have needs too. Sometimes just the just, kind of guy you'd like to land on. Sometimes you just need to cozy up to something, something warm and understanding, like <laughs> the Zaftig, the Lane Bryant quarterback of the year. <laughs> this is my favorite, totally unnecessary storyline. <laughs> Taj Boyd is like five pounds overweight, so therefore <laughs> it's all, all he's about, Santa Claus. Hey, listen, it's, it's all about just Taj Boyd going on his sleigh. Which, which in, in South Carolina, it's a sleigh like, it's a sleigh driven by flying pit bulls. Right? Bruce, 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 Bruce stars in Taj. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Can Taj Boyd get Dabo's kids toys by noon? Oh man! Well, the uh, the the championship game. Uh, by the way, do we, do we have any reviews on coaches? I, I'm just kind of like uh, Sarkeesian. I have no idea. I have I have. No clue how that's going to go, or uh, what to make of anything happening there. None. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 just Kiffin without a chin, as far as I'm aware. Like like Sarkeesian, the thing that always bothered me about him, he's a fine coach, you know, very smart man, whatever. But like, he makes this face where he draws his head back into his neck, and like his chin disappears, and he has like this this permanent five o'clock shadow, and all you see is just. Like, it's not even a neck beard. It's like his whole face is a neck beard. And that bothers me about him. You're really... That's like a, it's like a Tim and Eric kind of face, right? Like... <laughs> what, what I like is that... It looks that like wa- that noise sounds. What I like is that Washington fans were really kind of happy to be rid of Sark. But I think they were all assuming they were going to get Jim Mora. And now, <laughs> now it's sort of like, oh, fuck, just... <laughs> Just call Skip Holtz, whatever. <laughs> Screw it. Yeah, let's very quickly before we do this, I want to come up with with our nightmare uh, our nightmare candidates for that job because there's nothing more ple- pleasant and pleasurable than picking the worst 
possible people for 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 a job and really scaring the crap out of somebody. So yeah. all right, I, I got I got dibs then. Boom. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Skip Holtz, it is. <laughs> yeah, you already you already laid that card down. I don't know how we're going to top that one. Um, I mean, there's also the the crop of recently fired. So uh, I mean, Paul Pascalani would top that list, I'd reckon. I have my my I have um, what I believe to be the most diabolical and symmetrical suggestion. There's a nice symmetry to this, and I think you know where I'm going already, which is Lane Kiffin. Oh, because mm-hmm. you know, to just swap, just swap, <laughs> just trade them out. <laughs> like, I don't know, guys. Here, let's move this couch over here. What What would be great about that is inevitably, Kevin would show up to a game and he hadn't done his laundry, so he'd be wearing a USC shirt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just be like, just, Which is just, just somebody get some tape. Maybe they, maybe they would dye it before, so it was a purple shirt. But it was... If by die you mean he'd just like spill a Slurpee all over it. Yeah, well, the thing about Kiffin is he would go like six and six one year and somehow vault into the USC job. Yeah, is, that's his career pattern. They could just keep ping ponging. We could cover the entire West Coast with former Pete Carroll staff members. Delightful. With Pete Carroll as like the pro style godfather ruling from on high in Seattle. This is a Game of Thrones feel to it. I kind of like it actually. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, there we go. Uh, I, I will also put one other nightmare candidate in there, which I assume we haven't mentioned this. How has nobody made this joke yet? Um, that these are people in need of help. Mm, yeah, and, mm-hmm. that, and okay. that as in heaven. Yeah, if one yeah. said it, and that we all speak a universal <laughs> language, which is that of love. Hang on, let me let me see if anybody's made that joke. Let's see. Has anyone made? Oh, wow. Only two people. Uh, Jarkar01 and Hog Wild with a Y and an E on Twitter have used the words Houston Nut Washington. Are you sure Hog Wild isn't Houston Nut? <laughs> yeah, I think we can discount. I think we can just. Okay, I so only. Discount him only Jared that Carter. Is, that is Houston A Nut. day ago. And they were both Arkansas fans, I believe. <laughs> they, they, because they want somebody else to feel that burn. <laughs> Arkansas fans make, are they just so want to make good and damn sure he's off the market. <laughs> like the Houston nut for everything meme. No one loves that more than Arkansas fans. Old Miss fans still a little freshly scarred from it, but Arkansas fans are like, "Oh no, we want you to get that stink on you." <laughs> there's a part of there's got to be a segment of the Arkansas fan base that's kind of like we could take him back. It could work. <laughs> Just, just keep him. They're like, well, maybe we just have him as kind of like a an overcoach who, you know, just right. kind of molds and shapes Bielema. You know, you know, we just we just get him on Sundays and every other Thanksgiving. Um, that <laughs> the visit, it's, it's a program <laughs> under visitation. <laughs> God, that's the saddest proposition ever. Uh, championship weekend. I, I, I know I, I would I could talk about Houston enough for hours, but. I think it's time we get to championship weekend. Um, I, you know, we could talk about the SEC first, but I, I, I don't think that Jason Kirk's love for uh, for Sparty can wait. Yeah, let me let me add him. I actually think this is like a really really awesome game. <laughs> I think I think this will be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it's a it's a really good matchup for both teams. It'll be the uh, kind of the perfect matchup for for both of them. Really. Am I- Am I the only one kind of confused by Michigan State, though? No. Because they, like, sometimes they can just beat up on a weak opponent. Like, they beat Illinois by 39 points, but they only beat Purdue by 
14-0. Well, the thing about that is um, once they have, say, three points. Or two. Right. Two, or if they could figure figure out how to score 0.5 points. If you advance them (laughs) in in a laboratory setting, if you advance them the theoretical value of a half point, Right. The program still engages the same protocol. So, so Michigan State exists on the pH scale somewhere. They, they basically—they're like this. They're like this automatic machine, right? Like the Doomsday Machine. If you attack <clears> them, <throat> they have the same response every time. <clears throat> which is—it's like that thing about how if you, if you keep going halfway towards something, you'll never get there. Uh, okay, yeah. But points-wise, right? Yeah, they're so, they're, they're this interesting theoretical like. Uh, study because it <coughs> scores kind of irrelevant to them, right? Like they're really kind of what like Will Muschamp's bullshit approach says it's about, right? Like, like oh, you know, we we're not big on numbers. No, seriously, Michigan State's not big on numbers at all. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what is that greater or less than the number of points we have? That's really the only question they ask. They should take that to the extreme and just dismantle the scoreboard in the stadium. Be like, we don't care. We're just here to ruin your day. <laughs> That's all they're there for. Yeah, I, I shit, think, I I shit actually, on your car. That's I don't it care what the score is. <laughs> that's it. And I say this, by the way, as, as somebody who, you know, I find this style of football excruciating. I kind of like when Michigan State does it because the trolling is impersonal to me. I don't care who wins. I just want to watch Mark D'Antonio ruin someone's life. Yeah, and, and you know, he has the, the rep of the uh, stoic, joyless statue guy, but... He really does take this kind of like sick jokerish glee in playing this hideous football, and I think that's what most attracted me to this team is like, um, you know, the, you, you, it's easy to find photos of him of him making this like demonic smile while watching <laughs> what his football team produces. Oh yeah, no, he knows. That's the that's the greatest. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the best way to explain it. And interspersed. He knows. By the way, to complete that metaphor, uh, he intersperses. A shocking amount of trick plays on special teams. <laughs> like, seems to enjoy it. Like, oh yeah, you motherfuckers aren't awake. Watch this shit. <laughs> yeah, who's boring now? So it's like he bludgeons you to death with a hammer and then draws a dick on your forehead. Yeah, it's basically kind of like putting the clown nose on your dead corpse, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you like that joke, did you? <laughs> That's Mark Antonio. Classic Midwestern serial killer. By the way, in case you don't think the SEC fixes in here to get Alabama back in, sleeper agent, where did Mark D'Antonio play college football? Don't look it up. Prison. I don't know. South Carolina. Shit. Also, from whence did Nick Saban uh, arrive to the SEC? Michigan State, sir. Well, I'm sorry. He, yes, to LSU. Yes, yeah. Michigan State. Correct. <clears throat> So, so it's all it's all part of a pattern. You just need. It's to just. Uh, I'm just going to say it's it's interesting. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm just going to I'm just going to put that out there. And- <laughs> I'm not going to say it's definitive. I'm just going to say that's really something. Infowars. Um, Info sports. <laughs> Why hasn't anybody started that? Oh, with Denny Mayo started it. So okay, good. We have to credit him. He's the first person I saw who typed info sports. <laughs> the uh, so it's it's his concept. We have to pay him for it. The other uh, other games of note: Bedlam, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Um, really, Oklahoma State, uh, probably out of any kind of you know serious like you know title consideration of any sort. Um, but you know, could end very very strong against an extremely beatable Oklahoma team. 
if you want to watch Clint Chelf, Shelf, uh, whatever you call him, play. He's he's probably playing some of the best quarterback in the nation right now. So something totally worth watching. Oh yeah, SEC championship game. Auburn, yeah, Mizzou, that. as foretold by everyone. Wish they'd stop putting the most obvious teams in this game. Yeah, God. All summer long, all we heard, Mizzou, Auburn, Mizzou, Auburn. I am excited about uh, Will Muschamp getting asked at Media Days next year if he think how he thinks his team is going to handle joining the SEC this year. I'll, <laughs> I'll ask it. I'll, care. I'll be like, what kind of question is that? And I'll be like, I hate you. <laughs> Shut up. Do you want to fight? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You want to fight? Hey, everyone can have an opinion. You can't. You're a moron. You can say whatever you want about me. I don't want to say anything to you. I don't want to say. I don't want you to exist. <laughs> it's not that I want bad. I don't want bad things to happen to you. I just want you to go away. <laughs> what are you doing? I just want you to never have been born. That's it. Exactly. Coach Muschamp, do you think if I had a time machine and I erased you, would you hold a grudge? I mean, I'm not, just sit there with like some cardboard thing, like some cheap cardboard thing that you rigged up and misspelled time machine on and ask him that, right? Hey, that's not a time machine next to me, but I'm just asking theoretically. I'd really like to see that. Like ask him a riddle so complicated that like he, he, he just disappears. Like if you ask him like, Coach Muschamp, what do you think about that new Rihanna song? You know, that's kind of an easy one because no, no, they'll just no, no, say no. like, oh, I've never heard of no Rihanna. But something that's like, what never weeps, but is always crying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You wouldn't have to, by the way, that wouldn't have to be that complex a question to blow his mind. All you have to do is (laughs) hand him a copy of The Feminine Mystique, and he'll just start dissolving. (laughs) Coach Muschamp, female orgasm. (laughs) Just (laughs) dissolves. And then uh, your head coach, Joker Phillips. Hey. Man, you know, we can do magic together if we just work hard enough with a, with enough focus. Just with enough effort, no matter how dumb the idea is. That's Will Muschamp football right there. Um, other games, by the way, let's not forget this. Memphis and UConn play. <laughs> Never forget that. Uh, any other notable games? Uh, we got the uh, ACC championship game. Oh, son. Yeah. There's there- I, wasn't this also the ACC basketball championship? Wasn't it Duke FSU? I don't know. Does anyone here know? No, nobody cares. <laughs> no, that's yeah, nobody cares. I seem to recall Florida State being good at basketball. That's the that, that's the part of that's the part of the year that involves a lot of tears and yard work. So when does basketball happen? Um, I, I don't know. Nobody knows. Okay, it happens in I, March. That's when the season starts. It's only a month long. Very short season. Very exciting and season. It's, it's short and intense. Long um, season. <laughs> I will point out that, um, as we've been talking about for about three months now, Todd Graham is now 60 minutes away from the Rose Bowl. <laughs> oh, Six, as, as intended, the most noble of all, the most <laughs> noble of all, Jim Delaney, Todd Graham is going to be caressing that trophy of yours. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and not just the Rose Bowl, but like the 100th Rose Bowl. <laughs> Like this super special Rose Bowl, and this jerk ass from Pittsburgh with the with the microphone in his face is going to win it. That's the best word for Todd Graham ever is jerk ass. That's this jerk ass. Do you realize how close we came to Arizona State having like a very compelling case to be in the national t- title game over one of the undefeated teams? We came. Uh, let's see. We came. Because let's. Close. 
Because if they beat Notre Dame, they're going to rematch against Stanford, which in theory kind of cancels out the previous loss. And, oh, my God, Todd Graham stumping for a spot over Ohio State. God, I just want to spread it on toast. If you're, I don't, if, I don't, you're if you're a Notre Dame fan, by the way, listening to this podcast, uh, which you won't, because you, you would have been appalled several episodes ago. <laughs> this was just indecent. I'm going to go listen to. They sure. said negative. They said negative things about Arby's. I want a refund. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna go listen to Prairie Home Companion. They're a little socialist, but you know, it's just the melodious voice of Garrison Keillor that I can't stop listening to. Um, if you are a Notre Dame fan, you are probably like half a human being, just barely impersonating being a human, a lizard walking among us. But you also took great joy in seriously ruining two seasons. Yeah, you did because yeah. remember uh, you beat Michigan State. You did only loss on the year. This would have had the Big Twelve, Big Ten game would have had national title implications two ways if that were the case. But you beat Michigan State. You out Michigan Stated Michigan State seventeen thirteen. Congratulations on ruining their year. Additionally, you saddled Arizona State with another loss in a thirty seven thirty four final, and finally. Uh, you managed to uh, well. That's really it. But but that's still, all you did. But but way to go. That's you know you, you lost you lost to Pitt. That's fun. <laughs> See, what's what's more fun than losing to Pitt? <laughs> Don't answer you, that question. You you lost to lost to Michigan. Heck, Akron did that. <sighs> did they? I I remember differently. It was really close. I just I, I feel like every week we need to clarify who actually won that game. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's just like the UConn Michigan game. You're like, yes, UConn lost. I know it doesn't feel that way, but they did. <laughs> Finally, I would look at uh, MAC championship game is a hot one, man. NIU, Hell yeah, NIU Bowling Green. That is, and it's on Friday, I believe. It is. It's actually an interesting matchup. You have, you know, maybe the most exciting quarterback the conference has ever produced against, like, a a pretty actually good defense. So that's a good game. A a superb defense. Uh, You know, and also, uh, I would point out, we got uh, got Jan... that's really it. There's absolutely nothing else that weekend. There's a, a Louisville's playing. Does anyone yeah. remember Louisville? <clears throat> that that um, is a game. They have they have literally nothing to play for. That is a thing. They're on the. We can watch. We can watch them. But, that what is? But, but it won't matter at all what happens because if they win, if if Louisville beats Cincinnati, then UCF wins the American. So <laughs> there's there's just literally nothing for Louisville. Be- They're locked into their. Bowl. There's just remember BCS, BCS notables, UCF. When yeah. you look back on 2013 and wonder what kind of evil seized hold of the game, that. Yeah. That's it. That's good. Okay. <laughs> we can we can totally stop there. I'm just right, right out on UCF. Now I'm all bummed.